Hey everyone, Erin here popping in before we get to the episode. I'm super excited because I'm teaching a free masterclass. It's called Start the Damn Business, and it's all about specific steps to take to finally create your own online business. It's your time. Stop putting your future business in the someday pile of life. By the end of class, you'll be able to identify one business idea, confirm that it's a viable moneymaker, pinpoint your target audience, and more to help ensure business success. Head on over to musclecreative.com slash masterclass to snag your spot. See you there. Welcome to the Small Business Big Mindset Podcast, where we dive into tactical strategies to grow your business and make an impact on this world. A huge part of success is keeping your mindset and vision on track. So this is a major part of our process and this podcast. Let's do this. Hey, Erin here. Welcome to the Small Business Big Mindset Podcast. This week, we have Claire Davis, career coach and resume writer and founder of Traction Resume. Hey, Claire. Hi, Erin. Thank you for having me today. I'm so excited to have you. So we, it's funny because other, other people have mentioned this. They're like, you just jump right in your podcast episodes. And we do. Like, I just don't, we don't do a lot of like, I don't know. I don't have like five ads in front of my episodes. I don't, you know, we kind of just do dive in. So Get to, we're getting to the point, giving yeah. people what they want. They're like, because it was so funny. I was talking to someone the other day and, you know, I totally get affiliate marketing. We're affiliate marketers too. We'll throw an ad in here, you know, here and there. But sometimes I laugh because it's like two ads and then some sort of a promo. And then they have like a teaser, you know, two minutes of the episode. And then by the time they get to the actual episode, I've already arrived where I'm driving to and I haven't heard anything of the episode. Right. Right. And you can't quite advance it that 15 seconds until you're missing what you really want to hear. Yeah. So I always (laughs) laugh. So anyway, Um, Mm -hmm. so if you could give us a little bit about you, your background and kind of how your business has evolved or is evolving into what it is today. Sure, absolutely. So I am a career coach and resume writer for professionals and how I help them is by showing them the ways to expand their network uh, and how to strategically do that, what they should include in a very compelling resume and how to interview for success. So strangely, I have always loved to write resumes. I think that's a really odd thing to like, frankly. I don't know anybody else who gets up in the morning and really thinks like, oh yeah, I'm going to get into this. But uh, I grew up in California and my my parents had a small business in um, pharmaceutical recruiting. And so, you know, I started out there and washing windows and cleaning bathrooms and eventually worked my way up to resume filer. And that's really where I would say I fell in love with the career process because I saw these budding candidates coming in and they, you know, some were really prepared, some needed a lot of guidance. And so they were able to get it there. So I went to school. I knew I wanted to write um, and I wanted to pair that with business. I went to Ohio University for um, my journalism degree, Go Cats. And I got my advertising and journalism degree and I, I, got an awesome job right out of college. I I started working for this marketing firm, 
I had an amazing 18 months there. I loved it. They loved my work. And then some things changed and shifted within the industry and there was a massive layoff. And so, you know, how do you, how does one deal with that right out of college? You know, there's all these expectations you have of your first job and your career and where you start. And so it took a while to kind of go through that. I I ended up through a connection, finding a job in medical sales, which I also equally loved. And I had about a year and a half of that. And the company had a massive layoff. And I was unfortunately a victim of that layoff. And so I took a step back, really, Aaron. And I just thought, you know, I it's traumatizing to be laid off over and over, mm-hmm. especially in something you love to do. But I feel like the way that you respond and how you get through a situation like that is really what matters. And so after the, after the second time, you know, it was sad and strange and, and difficult, but I realized, okay, well, I need to, I need to flip this because this is just the job market. This is just life. And so how am I going to respond and keep my career moving forward? And I realized, and I started putting together um, different practices and ways that I could prepare myself along the way and grow my network and make sure my credentials were fresh and um, support other people so they could support me back. And I never had trouble after that. And unfortunately, my story goes on. I went through two more layoffs. But (laughs) instead of being traumatic this time, it was really just an opportunity to step back, evaluate if I was in the right place in the first place and move forward with those systems. So all of that is to say, now I love sharing this kind of mentality and these strategies with my clients and with people who are in that same situation. You know, I mean, this year, especially COVID, you know, has rocked the job market. Um, It sent everybody home. So my business really Um, strangely launched this year, it only in the sense that there are so many more people to help. And I find that this is a really viable way for professionals to continue to grow their career um, despite obstacles. Mm -hmm. So, so COVID has been a blessing in a sense, because it's really helped. It's really flipped the switch for me and said, okay, Claire, you know, um, you can teach other people how to do this too and do it well, write a, you know, a killer resume um, and, and kind of help them through that really difficult situation they find themselves in after a layoff or a merger or a big move and show them how to move forward. So it takes a lot of that stress out of that situation and puts a lot of, um, proactive intention. Mm -hmm. No, I love that because that was going to be my next thing is that it's like COVID is still hanging out and (laughs) and now it seems like I just read a headline today that some physicians are expecting this big surge in the next few weeks to the next few months because we're hitting the winter season or hitting flu season, you know, and all this stuff. And so it just seems like instead of silently going away it's you know going to grow um so that was my next thing it's like how COVID has impacted your business we have quite a few clients that are in the talent acquisition space and it's just nuts and it's like you it runs the gamut you have some companies that are still in hiring freezes and they're just not sure they're trying to hire from within and you have other companies that 
are ready and they're bringing people back from furlough and they're hiring again, you know, it just kind of runs the gamut on that. Um, are there, are you kind of seeing that too? Like you have a variety, like maybe you have some clients that are like, they're get, they're getting hired quickly or others that are more struggling. Does it, you know, what are you seeing out there? So I have to say, if I could sum up 2020 career wise in, in, in my space, it's pivot. Mm. What I'm seeing a lot is pivoting because there are certain industries such as hospitality and oil and gas that it will be changed forever. Mm -hmm. The landscape might not come back to what it was prior to 2020 ever. And that's an okay thing. It's just going to be an adjustment and a transition. And so how I help those people is by uh, going back through their experience and having them not just focus on, you know, the specific things that they have done, but how that translates for them as value in their career. Mm -hmm. So you can take value and share it in many different um, job markets. So if you are an expert project planner and engineer in oil and gas, you can leverage a lot of that expertise and take it to another industry. So I would say I am seeing that and also, you know, a ton of people changing industries and trying to navigate what that looks like. You know, I think it's a different way of thinking about presenting yourself um, when you're used to, you know, finding the job board and applying through the job board and you get the job and there it is. So making themselves amenable to different industries has been something I'm seeing a lot of. Mm -hmm. No, that's so smart. And I was talking to some uh, recruiters and they're looking across industries, right? So like typically they were like, well, we're looking for these skills, this requirements, um, you know, these backgrounds. And it's just like, okay, wait, exactly what you were saying. It's like, well, this candidate might be in a completely different industry, but the skill set is what we need, you know? So I think that's great right. that you're, guiding them in that direction, you know? Um, and how are you it. doing that? So like when you work, like, so our audience is mostly entrepreneurial, right? And mm -hmm. so what about the entrepreneurs? Like if, and I guess it could work for both actually, you know, but um, as they're setting up, like even their LinkedIn page, you know, their business page, their personal page, you know, like how, how do you kind of dissect that and kind of guide them to make it to where they get noticed, and ultimately hired or they get the client or that sort of thing. Yeah, you know, you're right. It's um, <clears throat> a lot of the strategies that I use for my clients translates very well for entrepreneurs. And I think it's a theme that I saw regularly in some of these other, you know, thought leaders, obviously your podcast and what you guys talk about. Um, Amy Porterfield talks about it a lot. Jenna Kirscher talks about it a lot. And that's what kind of value you bring and kind of living in this space of, generosity, you know, like you give your best stuff so that you're attracting the right people. And so I feel the same way when it comes to finding the right career. So as far as the LinkedIn profile, my advice is to make sure that you're focusing on the value that you bring. Um, one way to do that is make sure you have testimonials on there. You know, you can have reviews there at the bottom on LinkedIn and testimonials are terrific because, you know, and I know that sometimes it's considered a faux pas for companies to check your social media when they're interested in hiring you. But believe me when I tell you, it happens every day of the mm -hmm. week. 
So um, having testimonials on your social media is very powerful because it, it gives a face to those numbers. You know, it gives a feeling to what it's like to work with you. It's the same way that a really terrific um, entrepreneur's bio should make you feel. You know, what problem do we uniquely solve for our customer? Mm -hmm. So it's it really plays uh, both sides very well on LinkedIn. Also, a new feature that I've been using a lot on LinkedIn are the voice messages. Have you been sending voice messages on LinkedIn? I have not. Tell me. Oh, this is this is my jam, Erin. <laughs> so now in the message, you know, when you go to send someone an email, if you're connected, you can send them a short, I believe it's one minute or less voice memo. And that has been huge for growing my audience and connecting really genuinely with my clients mm. because you really um, get that feeling from somebody. And it's, it's very personal uh, when it's said with the voice, not just with, you know, computer text. Yeah, no, that's great. I didn't know they had that. I knew um, I, I'll get messages, sometimes voice messages through Facebook and everything, but I was not aware of LinkedIn having that feature. Yes, check it out. It's mm -hmm. great. That's awesome. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, to that point, I really, I always encourage my clients to make it a habit. So this is one thing I developed through that sort of rocky course of my career of, of being laid off is um, to to continue continuously be reaching out to a network doing it intentionally and, and genuinely. So, um, for example, when I lost my second job during the layoff, this is su such a, such a cautionary tale right. of my career. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but so many people can relate, you know, for sure. Especially yeah. us, like we came from California and layoffs are no stranger. Uh, <laughs> oh, you bet. You bet. Everyone's changing hands all the time. Yeah. So any, anywhere you can, add some personality or some genuine connection to someone you're trying to bring into your network, do it. You know, the more genuine, the more specific you can be with somebody, that's an excellent way to go. Um, there are some other, you know, small specific things you can do on LinkedIn to really amplify your pro profile presence. You can make sure that you have a really clear title with sort of a value statement um, right under your name there. And also in your about section, you can, you know, add some things that make you um, attract who you're after. So, you know, if you're trying to go for a sales position, perhaps you'd put some numbers there or how you solve a unique, unique problem. If you are in leadership, you could talk about how you uh, lift others up and results that you have you know, things you've put into place to lift others up. So the about section, um, a clear title these are all different spots where you can really amplify your message and start to embody your brand as a valuable brand on LinkedIn. That's a little bit underused in my opinion. I do see a lot of profiles. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, that's my business, right. I write these LinkedIn profiles, but quite a few of them, you know, it's, it's, it's more of a chronological, chronological history where it would be more powerful as an intentional uh, message. Okay. No, that makes complete sense. And is part of that, like, do you guide them through using the keywords or, you know, make sure they have some sort of phrases in there? Like, what do you, what do you tell them on that? Oh, absolutely. So my process is identifying first what they want to do next. So if I have somebody who wants to go into, 
medical sales, for example, and they have a specific company in mind, maybe, maybe Keras or, you know, MDX Health or, you know, another really big, really exciting company, we will actually pull up the positions that are available and pull up more about those companies and use that specific language in the LinkedIn profile Mm -hmm. and not in a, you know, um, untrue fashion. Um, But, but for example, if it's a company that's really motivated by collaborative leadership and you have the collaborative leadership, but perhaps that hasn't made your profile yet, that is something you would absolutely want to include as a buzzword in your LinkedIn profile. Mm -hmm. So switching gears to be very specific about what you want to do next and having that be represented in your content. Okay. No, that's, yeah, that makes complete sense. And do you also, so you can write and publish content on LinkedIn. So do you feel like that's valuable, you know, for people to have published articles or, you know, publish some sort of um, thought pieces to kind of round out their pages? I do. I do. Absolutely. When it comes to, job seekers, I don't know if that's always a focus unless they're patented and they've written papers. But when it comes to entrepreneurs, who I know is is your audience, I would say the more content that you can put out there that provides value to your ideal customer, the better, the better, Mm -hmm. because they're going to use that as a jumping off point for, okay, I can relate to, you know, this person, they are bringing me incredible value. I want to know more. And then they'd be interested in in approaching you ideally to work with you closer. Yeah. And would you say that LinkedIn is, maybe this is a silly question, but is like the, the best networking platform out there as far as, you know, employers or entrepreneurial relationships go? I think, I think the way that LinkedIn is set up so that you can see so that you can see who is connected to who by their professional connections. I think, I think that is very powerful. I will say that it's where I focus because most of my audience is on LinkedIn because they need a job mm-hmm. and need, you know, they say, if you see somebody l- updating their LinkedIn profile, they're probably looking right. right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but um as far as in the entrepreneur world, I think it's a very powerful and untapped resource. In fact, I see a lot of thought leaders becoming more and more engaged on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. like the Amy Porter fields, mm-hmm. um, especially in this last year. So I think that perhaps, you know, Facebook and Instagram, not that those two are my specialties, but they're pretty full. And so I wonder if LinkedIn is sort of like the, you know, the, the new untouched territory where they can be a bigger fish in a smaller pond. Yeah, it seems like it's turning even more into kind of like a social platform, right? Whereas before Mm -hmm. it was strictly professional, you used it really as your digital resume, honestly, you know? Right. But now, and like like they're adding more features and now um, I don't think it's everybody, but a, a portion of the audience can go live, you know? So they're starting to layer on some technology um, to increase that kind of social factor. And you're right, I've seen a lot more people, you know, publish content on there. We need to get better about that. I try to remember to like share a new podcast episode and that sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we need to get better about uh, posting, you know, content regularly rather than just like once or twice a week. Cause I'm sure, I mean, 
have you looked into that at all? Like how, like the frequency of how much you should post and that sort of a thing on LinkedIn? You know, I feel like the algorithm, however it works behind the scenes must be changing because I do see a difference in my audience, especially in the last few months. But as a rule of thumb, I try to post rich content, you know, video, um, multi-page. I know that they just launched um, stories mm-hmm. or a, a stories-like function on LinkedIn. So that I'm, I'm sure will up the um, likelihood of your audience seeing and interacting with your postings. So those would be some areas to focus on. But I try and do a consistency and focus on rich content. So three posts a day, roughly, Mm -hmm. and also making sure that I'm posting interesting content and reaching out to network with more people every single day. So for me, what's important is building that audience directly and with, you know, genuine, authentic messages behind the scenes. And then in hopes that my audience will grow with the right people and very organically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it almost seems like a no brainer. I mean, these are the these are the people that are already in that mindset. They're already, you know, in the employer slash entrepreneurial, you know, headspace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it just seems like a natural place to be. I think um, it's a lot more people are seeing it as less of a corporate platform and more of, you know, entrepreneurial as well. Um, so it seems like a great place to to network. And I And I like your your take on it of growing your audience organically, because if you can start engaging with other people on LinkedIn, like commenting on their posts and, you know, that sort of a thing to where you're getting a natural discussion flowing rather than mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes I'll admit, I'll get in emails and I'm like, I don't even respond to them because I know they're canned. Like it's so yeah. obvious, you know, they just copy and pasted that to me and probably hundreds of other people, <laughs> you know, that I just don't give it the time of day. And so, Right. Um, your whole message of being like transparent and authentic and, you know, bringing value um, really is where it's at because it's 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 so noisy even on LinkedIn where you're just kind of mm-hmm. constantly getting inundated with people who have something yes. for you. So it's a, Especially offers for Bitcoin. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, goodness. Uh. Lots of Bitcoin opportunity, apparently. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's crazy. So, so I do like that. And I hope that people listening to this will will take this as, you know, such great insight because it's like kind of, I think for a lot of people, it's turning LinkedIn on its head. It's kind of like, wait, don't think of it as you thought of it even a couple of years ago. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's changing, it's evolving, you know, into what the world needs today. And COVID has such a huge impact on that, you know, um, where people are shifting their careers, they're, they're, you know, thinking maybe I can come up with my own company. Maybe I, maybe I don't want to be, you know, rely on a corporation and their budget <laughs> anymore, you know? Right. Right. So, I'm ready to break out. I'm yeah. ready to break out and, and do my own. Absolutely. Yeah. Are, Absolutely. Are you seeing that in your clients too? Or, or is it more of like they're maybe shifting industries or are you seeing some that are like, Hey, maybe I should go out on my own. Yes. And I sent one directly to um, your Facebook group. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so actually, yes. This morning, I spoke to a client because I always check in on my clients. I I love to follow their career and, you know, did you get the job? Please keep me updated. And and most often they do. But if not, I do check in. And there was one gal I worked with. She was lovely. And she has, I noticed her job um, on LinkedIn hasn't changed yet. So she's still 
working on that transition, but in the meantime has decided to go into entrepreneurship. And so um, ironically, she had some uh, friends who noticed that she had some success and a lot of notoriety on social media platforms. And so she's going to be teaching them how to do it. And they're, she said, they're willing to pay me for it. So oh, I said, well, that's great. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So I, I do see it. Um, I do see it some in the industries where I focus, though, I would say uh, most are still trying to pivot to some sort of corporation, but at least I can, I can certainly see the uptick of entrepreneurs on LinkedIn, where mm-hmm. before it really was a platform you used if you needed to get in touch with somebody's manager because you wanted to go work with their company. And now it's much more engaged. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's really interesting to see that shift on there too. Mm-hmm. So, you are also an entrepreneur, you are building your own business here. Um, so, what I don't know, like, is there like a tool? or a process that has been a game changer in your business that we you could share. I always love doing this because we all want to help each other out, you know? Yes, absolutely. Um, especially because I'm also a mom of two young children. And if there weren't systems, oh, the yeah. ship would sink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I do. I um, Actually, one I was just thinking about, and I know that um, Crystal mentioned this in your previous podcast, I believe, but it's Calendly. Yes. And I know that that's a, that's a popular one. So it's probably not news to anybody, but I will say initially I felt Calendly might, and having someone go onto my schedule and pick a time was a little impersonal, but then I realized without that back and forth, mm-hmm. I mean, things were just more streamlined and I got to those clients faster because it was easier to set a time. And what I didn't realize at the time that I now implement with all of my clients and entrepreneurs of any genre can do this too. I have them, I have my clients open a Calendly account and, you know, create their free meeting that they can set up and they go out and network and set up those discovery call meetings with people who they want to get to know. They are interested in their industry. They'd like to eventually be at that level of position that they're in. And so they can use Calendly in a powerful way, just like an entrepreneur, just like we can for our business Mm -hmm. to sort of discover and vet, you know, those that you want to bring into your circle and those that you want to learn from. Mm -hmm. So Calendly has been like huge in saving us time and, and getting us organized because of all the things. Oh my goodness. So many things. Yes. I know. We love it too. (laughs) As you know, we used it for you know, booking our podcast slots and it's just, you know, invaluable. And I love that you're using it for your clients too, because then you're actually teaching them a streamlined method, you know, of success for their own sake too. So that's great. Um, yeah. So it's all about those habits. Yeah. All about those good habits. hundred percent. It really is. It really is. Um, and so like, how, how do you get clients for your own business? Um, so I'm like, do you... Do you grow your email list? Do you, you know, is it mostly on social? Like I know probably a lot of it's referral based, but tell us about that. Yeah, I do. Good question. I do have a few different avenues. So one is word of mouth. You know, a lot of my clients do come from former clients and then they refer their friends, family, and coworkers, which is terrific. But I also have some freebies on my website, which 
if anyone's interested, my website is tractionresume.com. It's T-R-A-C-T-I-O-N-R-E-S-U-M-E.com. And I have two freebies on there right now. And then obviously when somebody downloads those freebies, which are geared toward helping them use the right language and the right content on their resume, then it captures emails and I build my list that way. Otherwise, um, I do a ton of networking. And this is what I try to teach my clients is if you make networking a habit, it not only becomes easier and not so awkward to connect with people that you don't know, but it does really just snowball. It snowballs. Opportunities come in. People who didn't think they were even remotely interested in what you know, you are offering suddenly are thinking about it, or they have a friend who they know would really benefit from your services. So I do a ton of networking and I schedule that into my day every day. I have two times for networking in the morning. I network with 10 people and the evening I network with 10 people. And that is a, a um, direct uh, personalized message, not canned. Cause like you said, <laughs> canned messages can go. Mm. And so Making that a habit has really been powerful for building that network. And that is another way that I grow my business. Okay. So I Ugh. find a lot of clients. That's so important. So you find clients through yeah. that as well. And then how do you identify who you want to network with? Great question. So initially, I'll have us jump on a call. And well, I guess that's after I've identified that they that we should work together. So knowing who I want to network with, first, um, I focus on a lot of uh, recruiters. Mm -hmm. So for me, they're a great avenue for clients because not only do they represent a lot of wonderful people, but as a recruiter, and this I found out later, realized later in my business for some reason, but as a recruiter, you want your candidates to win that job. Mm -hmm. And so I can help recruiters position their candidates. So they're, you know, they're powerful in an interview and very compelling and very true um, that their credentials look really sharp and create this whole like cohesive brand that they're really proud to represent that allows that recruiter to win that sale as well. So I'm a little bit of a, um, I'm a, a little bit of like a, I don't know, silver bullet in the back of a recruiter's pocket because mm -hmm. they have excellent candidates and then I can prepare them with the specifics. Gotcha. So I, I do reach out to a lot of them. And then um, I also make sure having been <laughs> laid off a few times and in that situation, I do always try and give back. If I find somebody who's on LinkedIn and has, you know, has posted their, you know, story and they haven't been able to get back into their career or they're struggling or they don't know what to do next. I always reach out to them first. I can't help it. No. You know, I just, I feel for them. And so I, I try to help direct as many of those as I can. And I at least help a few people a week just because I can, if I've got the time, I'm going to give them what I got. Mm. So that's, that's kind of how I go from there. Yeah, no, I love that. And it's like, that's kind of the heart of entrepreneurship, isn't it? You know, where yeah. it's like, you just want to help and see how I mean, we're help. all just trying to do our best mm -hmm. and make our, get our voice out there and represent a, a positive brand and, and help each other and lift each other up. So I think those opportunities are, are few and far between, but they're really important to take. Yeah. And so kind of on that, like, is there any sort of like key learning or insight that you have for others who like want to go out on their own or just starting out? Yes. Um, so 
for those who are wanting to go out and start first, I would say, I would say start before you're ready. One thing that I can resonate with in my business and also a lot of my clients and, and colleagues who are also entrepreneurs. And I think it's a, it's a definitely a buzzword now is imposter syndrome mm. is everywhere. So by starting before you're ready and just getting out there and whatever you want to do, just take one step toward it every day, then eventually things will fall into place. You know, you'll have the challenges that are going to come naturally anyway, and you will eventually figure them out. But by starting, you're moving. So at least getting that momentum, that forward momentum going is really important. So I would just encourage anybody who's maybe sitting on their idea or just not totally sure to just give it a try. And you know what? It might not work out. You know, you might think you're going to be great for one industry and, and it's not fulfilling you. Or maybe you're, um, you want to do something in a different way or you want to try something else. You can always change. But if you start, then you will be on the road to finding out. Yes. Oh my gosh. No, that's huge. You know, and I think like, you're right. And I think imposter syndrome goes across all backgrounds and industries. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly mine. Absolutely. Uh, It's everywhere. No, Mm -hmm. I think that's really huge. It's like, just start, just put one foot in front of the other. My goodness, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So, okay. What is your favorite part of having, because you're basically, you have an online business. So what is the kind of your favorite part of having your own business and an online business? I love helping people all over the world. I, I feel like we're so uniquely positioned in an online business to have this expansive reach that I don't think I realized was even possible before I started. You know, I was helping people that I knew, people who I had worked with, but being able to, you know, write up a CV for somebody that's out in, you know, England or someone in Australia or helping somebody negotiate in South Africa, like that lights me up. Mm. I, I'm getting chills just talking about it. <laughs> that's <funny. laughs> like how how did I get lucky enough to work with someone in South Africa? But it's really a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also do really enjoy and appreciate the online entrepreneur community. And Erin, I mean, that's how you and I met. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's how I feel like that um being an entrepreneur online and especially a woman in business these days, there are so many outlets and so many communities that we have at our fingertips to join and interact with and engage with and uh, mutually support each other, which, you know, way back when our family business was, was going in the nineties and before those sorts of communities, there were some official ones, but not like this. I mean, mm-hmm. there's such a huge community and there's such a, an awesome way for connecting with other people in our business and learning from each other and growing. And I think that's really special, which might sound cheesy, but it's, it's true. Darn it. (laughs) No, it's totally true. And I, uh, I totally agree. And I have found that the online entrepreneur community has been so supportive. Um, You know, everybody's cheering each other on. Everybody's sharing their insight. Everybody just wants to help the next person. You know, it's been, it's been pretty amazing to see. Yeah. For sure. Agreed. Agreed. Um, So you're handling a lot. You got your own business, you got the kids, you got life. So 
Do you have anything kind of in like your daily routine or semi-daily routine that kind of help your business and personal success, you know, help kind of like fill your cup, whether it's gratitude journal, meditation, like is what do you do anything like that? Yeah, yeah, I do. I have uh, help with it. I've got an amazing um, fitness and nutrition coach who helps me eat right um, and focus on, you know, staying healthy and staying fit. She's incredible. Um, in the morning, I get up and the first thing I do is hit my calendar so I can schedule out what's going to happen for the day. And I have a new system I'm using where I can focus on which which activities are personal, which activities are uh, money generating, and which activities are for family. And so that really, or, or kind of like other mm-hmm. um, as well. So there's, I guess, four. And that kind of helps me streamline my day and takes the stress out of it because it just becomes, um, you know, it can kind of chunk it out and, and knock it out during the day. And it's not, uh, it's not overwhelming. It's just planned. It's just scheduled. Mm -hmm. So for me as a planner, that's very helpful. And I'm trying to do some more yoga during the days that, um, you know, each day, at least maybe 30 minutes of yoga, just to kind of center and, and blow off steam and stretch and, and all of that stuff though. It does typically turn into a wrestling match with my children. <laughs> it has, it starts with really good intentions of exercise. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Whenever I do but that, that's what I do. it's like the dog or, you know, and I'm like, right? what is right. happening? This is not an invitation. Right. <laughs> right. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So I try, I do. I mean, you know, I try to set up the day to have, um, some fulfilling things in it that are, you know, shaking it up and, and giving me that brain space I need to be creative and to give, um, to give my creativity to my clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I love that you kind of time block your day because it does take the stress out of it. Cause then you just look at your calendar or what am I supposed to be doing now? Oh, I'm doing this, you know, instead of being like, yes. okay, I have 10 million things to do. Which one do I do first? You know? And then that's a, absolutely a time suck too. So for well, sure. and as a mom, I think there's so, um, especially now that we're at home and there's homeschool in it and there's work in it and there's family in it, you know, I mean, making sure to have that time, even, you know, blocked out for family time, like uninterrupted, my phone is in another room, you know, I've really focused on the here and now has, um, has really helped and, and brought a lot of awesome time with the, my kids. Mm-hmm. So it's been good. It's That's been awesome. Good. Yeah. And as you look forward with your business, like what? goals and vision do you have for yourself? Great question. So if COVID has taught me anything, it's that we only have quite so much time to do one-on-one work and to help people Mm one-on-one. So my goal, and I know a lot of other entrepreneurs' uh, goals, is to scale and how I'm going to do that is to create a course, hopefully, where I can teach others these skills so that they can hire me, sure, and I can create their branding package and I can help them with networking and negotiation, but they can take these tools that I teach forever. They can take them, they can learn them and then take them on to every job that they have from here on out. They can learn my networking strategies and the healthy habits that I implement, and they can use them for the rest of their career. So my goal is to help more people with just me. It's, um, 
it's it's going to happen. It's it might just take a little while, but so far, you know, it's just been such a joy to be helping people get back into this career um, and into a career mindset. So eventually, I hope to be able to help more people in a more efficient way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we love a digital course over here. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I think it's so smart when everyone says they're going into that. I'm like, yes, that's where it's at. That's such a smart decision, you know? I think um, so too. I mean, I've learned so many awesome things just from digital courses. Mm-hmm. Where, when did you, what was the first digital course you took? Do you remember? I think it was List Builder Society with okay, Amy Porterfield. Yeah. yeah. And that was, wait, maybe actually it was either that or Rick Mulready had a foundations course for Facebook ads. So I'm one of the two. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. How and about now you? Know. How about you? I think List Builders actually was one of my first as well. Though mm-hmm. so I also took what actually it might have been before. I took a uh, style course with Hillary Rushford. Oh, have you heard of that? No. Oh, yeah. Oh, She's this great. Is your package. Oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> there's my son thank you for the package <laughs> he's sort of like creeping out of here like mom i didn't i, I didn't hear anything i didn't know you have headphones on <laughs> i didn't know you were on a call but uh yeah i did i took a i took a, a fashion course and um and it was a lot of fun and helped me get some outfits together and clear out my closet so mm-hmm. Hillary Rushford, i highly recommend there Digital courses are so helpful. And 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 then on the other side, as uh, the creator, it's great because like you said, you get to serve so many more people. So it's like, yes. there's only one of you. There's only so many hours in a day, how many people you can help. But so for those that can't hire you, then it's like, this is the next best thing. So you get to help even more people and you're decreasing the whole trading time for money aspect of your business, which is great. Um, That's the goal. Yes. That's the dream right there. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. where can people find you (laughs) online? Oh, great question. They can find me um, on tractionresume.com. That's my website, T-R-A-C-T-I-O-N-R-E-S-U-M-E.com. And if you guys are interested, I have two freebies on there right now. I'd love for you to check them out. Hopefully I can help or, you know, kind of, just sort of explain what uh, and how powerfully to position a resume if anyone is interested. And I'm also on Facebook at Traction Resume and on Instagram as well. Awesome. Thank you for that. Yay. Thank Um, you. Okay. So the last part of our podcast episode is a fun question. Um, We love music over here. And so we always want to know if you could listen to only one music artist for the rest of your life, who would it be? One artist for the rest of my life. It's a toss up between two. I feel like everyone has answered in the same way, by the way. <laughs> right, I know. <laughs> it's so hard to narrow it down. It is. It's a toss up, but I have to say, if you were at my house this morning, last night for dinner, or right now, you would hear Steely Dan mm-hmm. in the kitchen. Nice. We love us some Steely Dan, some Royal Scam. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That's a so, good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have not mm-hmm. gotten Steely Dan yet. So. Oh, good. Okay. Well, pleased to be a trailblazer. <laughs> You're so <laughs> unique right here. <laughs> I haven't oh, listened okay. to Steely Dan in forever. 
they just seem to, you know what I love about them is they keep reinventing themselves with each album. It's totally different. It gets mm-hmm. a little jazzy. It gets a little funky there for a while. Mm-hmm. I love me some Steely. What about you? What's your favorite? So Which I also player? have two that are my all time. I don't listen to them okay. all the time, but they're my all time favorite. Um, and then I have two favorite genres of music. So the two okay. favorite bands would be Fagazi. Um, okay. and the Beastie Boys are my oh yeah two top top top, and then genres of music I like eighties hip hop and like indie like indie rock that's kind of my sweet spot there. So oh love it, mm-hmm. so eclectic, Aaron. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then Joey's kind of all over the place too. So we're you know we just like. Really, I like every genre of music. I don't know too much about country, you know, but it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm open to that as well. And, you know, especially the older kind of classic country and stuff. So that's probably the one genre I don't know too too much about, which is funny here in Texas. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. I have to say we had a... Um, we had friends over not too long ago, and I think we impressed them because... Or maybe I didn't impress them, but uh, my kids impressed them because they came in and I said, oh, what do you guys like to listen to? And my kids piped up and said, mommy, can we listen to Queen? Nice. (laughs) I thought, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man, my kids are already way cooler than me. I'm going to be embarrassing them at a young age. It's good. It's good. That's awesome. Our, um, well, he's now nine. He just turned nine. But um, he had requested, like, we had heard our neighbor playing the Melvins um, across the street and our kids were playing and stuff. And then I think my husband went over and he's like, Oh wow, cool. You like the Melvins too. And he's like, well, your son requested it. (laughs) (laughs) Melvins when you're eight. Okay. Some, some of the songs have some choice words, but you know, know. know. yeah. Oh my gosh. That's too cute. Cool kids. It's so funny. Um, Mm. But thank you so much for being on this episode and taking the time to chat with us. Thank you so much for having me, Erin. It has been such a pleasure and I will be, I will still be your biggest fan. Um, (laughs) And I so appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. Thank you again. It was so, so much fun. Thanks for tuning in to the Small Business Big Mindset Podcast. To keep the fun going, check out our Facebook group, Start and Scale an Online Business, for even more free trainings and resources from fellow entrepreneurs. If you haven't already, head on over to musclecreative.com and click subscribe to join our email list for our weekly updates. And if you've enjoyed this podcast episode, check us out on your favorite podcast platform to follow us and give us a review. As always, be authentic, bring an insane amount of value, and keep crushing it.